and welcome to Station Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu, how's the other side of the world today? Uh, well, it's hot. Uh, dang hot, um, as I believe somebody probably doesn't say. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's all right. It's okay. I've uh, I've been working. I went to a funeral this morning, which is an odd way to start a day. Um, had a swim. Uh, yeah, it's it's all all right. What about Canada? I believe you have this this weird thing called summer. It has hitters. It's well, I, I would say it's hot, but knowing your hot hot, um, we're we're probably in a different league. But it's uh, mid to mid to low thirties in the daytime. It is hot enough that the dog has decided that going outside in her big shaggy fur coat is not something she wants to do. Mm. So like you, I'm learning to do the early morning long walk. And well, in the afternoon, she needs to go out sort of after I finish work. That's kind of been the routine. I have to pick her up and carry her into the backyard put her on the grass in the shade in order for her to do her business. (laughs) I don't know, man. Dogs are supposed to be independent and bouncy and energetic. And this one, like she won't step out the door. She goes to the front door. She's like, Oh no, it's way too hot. I'm not going up there. And just, she's so stubborn, 15 pounds. And she, she puts on the brakes and there's no moving her with the leash. It is amazing. She, she has you well-trained, Justin. That's all I can say. Oh, that's it. Uh, the, the running joke around the house is that I'm uh, Ho-Dog. You remember Game of Thrones and Hodor, the, the guy that uh, carried the young prince around because he was crippled well. Mm-hmm. I, car- I carry the young dog around because she's a princess too. Ho-Dog. Anyway. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> oh, crazy stuff. Uh, any follow-up? Uh, how I think you finished building a second brain. How was it? Well, I, I didn't really finish building a second brain. I, I finished reading the book, Building a Second Brain, which I suppose there is sort of scope there for misunderstanding. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. It's, um, it's, it's not groundbreaking. There's, there's little in there that's very, very new. It's, it's another of those books that has taken some thinking and, and sort of built it onto a framework which makes it easy to follow, easy to understand, and therefore I think it has value. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's made me think, and it's it's given me some ideas that I want to take forward. So, yeah, I, I recommend it. I think people should should read it if this is your sort of cup of tea. Mm. Um, but yeah, don't expect it to change your life, although it might do, I guess. I have this on order. It's arriving tomorrow because Amazon Prime up here is like a week away. Okay. There you go. I ordered this the last time Stu and I talked about it and I thought about it and went, oh, well, I'll give it a try. I'm going to use this book weirdly in what do they call it? Syntopical reading. I think that was the, wow. the, the terminology from the uh, amazingly titled book, How to Read a Book. Um, the idea that I have a couple of books on Zettelcasting okay. that are kind of in my to read pile. I've started them and not kind of got into that. So what I'm thinking of doing, because I still, as we talked about last time with notes, I go back and forth between how am I using them and how am I extracting value out of it versus, you know, the time 
required for collection and collation. So I sure. thought that building this, building a second brain, well, I, I need at least a first brain before I can get into the second one, but uh, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read a couple of books on the Zettelkast. And, and I think using those three together, I'm hoping may change my current value proposition of PKM because uh, you know, and again, just the time and place I'm at right now is not doing a lot for me. So I'm kind of expecting this to be an interesting exercise, a learning exercise because, well, I'm not in school. Very good. Very good. Well, you have to get that, uh, what is it? Smart notes by, by is it Sonka Aran or something like that? Something. Yeah. That's one of the books that I have as well. Okay, good. So yeah. I've got a few books uh, on the shelf that kind of dance around this topic and I thought kind of reading several of them together and creating the links between them. Oh, there we go. Wow. I'm, I'm getting all PKM already. I'm get, I'm going to need an obsidian database for this. You're going to be backlinking before you know what you're doing, Justin. We will see. So anyway, um, I will, I will do that. All right. Uh, anything else new and exciting? Oh, I, I suppose we're going to call this a deedly, deedly booze update. Um, I, I was, very good moderating last week. I, I hit my targets. So uh, what I'm trying to do is have four alcohol-free days a week. I know. And um, my app <clears throat> wants me to, to keep it to 14 units a week, which, I mean, I've got to be honest, 14 units is a sort of evening warm-up. Um, <laughs> so I, I, did, I did achieve both of those last week. Yay, go me. And then this week, uh, we recorded on Thursday. Uh, Tuesday is my, um, well, how can I describe this? We decided, we being the men of the village, decided that we were going to support a new restaurant that's opened um, because uh, the restaurants keep opening and closing there because they don't get enough business. So every week we will come along and we'll have a sort of men's shed where we just sit around and chat and have a couple of beers. Um, a couple of beers always being a dangerous phrase in my company. Well, as it happens, a couple of the guys are um, struggling. So um, I mentioned earlier we were at a funeral. So that's the wife of one of the guys that goes to this who passed away. I mean, she was a, a good age, but uh, nevertheless, uh, no fun. And another of my, of my buddies there, his wife uh, has recently had a cancer diagnosis, which clearly you know a lot about, Justin. Um, and Whilst I think she's handling it pretty well, I'm not so sure he is. Uh, so he describes me as his emotional support dog, which I'm not entirely sure that that's a compliment. No. But along to the men's group, I went on Tuesday and my wife came with me. Um, but oh, designated driver. Well, no, no. She just, you know, men's group. No, you're not taking that. Of course you can come, darling. Um, I like you know when it's best not to um, uh, to open a discussion, and you know we're, we're a welcoming men's group. Um, all genders are welcome, and what with one thing and another, it just it was one of those evenings. It just took off, and uh, well, th that was my weekly allowance blown. So, um, I uh, as far as the app is concerned, I'm in the doghouse. But as I wrote in the notes, I mean, those little impromptu nights, aren't they the best ones? Aren't they, aren't they always the, the most fun? Lots of people were laughing and talking and sharing stories. That's great. I, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're here for, isn't it? 
Oh, I love those, those nights where you, you don't expect anything and you're just going out for a little, a little time. And then all of a sudden it's the next morning and you don't know where you are or more importantly, where your pants are, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> uh, maybe that, that was my nineties <laughs> podcast. Anyway. Uh, yeah, they they are, they are fun. I certainly haven't had any of those in the last little while. I guess I shouldn't say that, uh, you know, when we have, we have guests over, you know, sometimes there's a feeling of what you have to do and sometimes they just blow up into old friends having a great time. And I certainly enjoy those kind of nights too. Sure. And you know what? The app will be there next week for you. Exactly. It, it is ever present. Uh, what, what I'm, what I'm, I'm absolutely committed to doing, uh, cause normally at this point I would, I would just sort of um, uninstall the app and go, oh, this is stupid, this is silly. But I'm I'm determined to actually stick with it and I'm going to keep telling it the truth just so that I get the benefit of being able to look back and analyzing, you know, what what do I drink? When do I drink? When do I drink too much? You know, are there patterns, et cetera? So um, <laughs> we, we'll see how that goes because I have to say this morning I was a bit, I was a bit grumpy with it. Mm. Um, but there you are. What about you? What's your follow-up for this week? I got another very helpful email from Lisa S. She sent me an email about my Lamy Aeon that I was lamenting on last week. Mm -hmm. She actually reminded me that I could get a replacement nib. Uh, it's $11 US at Pen Chalet. Okay. And they actually make a specific Aeon nib and not a Safari slash Vista nib. So that would certainly be an option. I'm just not in love with that pen. Um, nobody's taken us up on our offer yet. Uh, please nope. send us emails. We've got North America and Europe covered. If anybody wants a random pen from the, the deep, dark depths of our pen closets, uh, please send us uh, emails. I think it's time for both Stu and I to de-stash and uh, minimize a little bit. Oh my God, we're going all minimal. Yeah. Well, there's some something in the air, Justin. I was listening to the pen addict, and uh, Brad's at it as well. He's e eBaying all his pencils and uh, all sorts going on. Yes, we're not eBaying it though. We're giving it away free, no obligation. Send us emails. <laughs> well, he is. He's also in. To his credit, uh, anything that he hasn't paid for, he sells for charity, which I think is a very. Um, Honorable distinction of him to make. Well, anything him. he has uh, paid for, he sells for profit. Well, yeah, I think he sells to buy to buy more stash. <laughs> I think with Brad, it's never a case of reducing stash; it's just changing stash. I think. Yeah, that guy churns uh, more than <laughs> more than anybody I know, which is which is good. He's made a living out of it, so good for him. Exactly. All right, Stu. Uh, what's your tool of the week this week? Uh, well, my tool of the week, rather bizarrely, um, and I was slightly inspired by reading yours. So um, it was the funeral uh, this morning. Uh, as I said, the the lady that passed away was a good age. She'd been ill for a while. Um, she was in sort of uh, a nursing home. Uh, and still very sad, regardless of someone's age. And, you know, her family had gathered. And, you know, I met some people I hadn't met before. It just, I think it brings you perspective. You know, when you're you're looking at uh, somebody in a coffin and going into the ground and you think, God, that's kind of where we all end up. Well, it certainly is in Cyprus because you're not allowed to be cremated. So everybody ends up in the ground. Really? Um, yeah, it's bizarre. But um, it just, you know, just makes me think, okay, 
you know, perhaps reach out to the people I, I love and tell them that I love them and just make an effort to be a little more aware, you know, uh, memento mori, as the uh, Stoics would have us say, remember death. Well, that's cheery, isn't it? I, no, seriously, I am, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for your, your friend's, uh, loss and, uh, you know, having to go through that even, even though, you know, there are, there are all those wonderful things like, oh, well, they had a good go of it and stuff like that. It, and they had a good innings. That's the English one. <laughs> it's, it's still a tough thing to do, you know, and, and there's all the, the dealing with it for the survivors as well. Certainly. I've spent more time thinking about death than I would care to admit to over the last year with everything that my wife went through with the, the cancer scare and all, all of that. It was, it, yeah, it certainly uh, brings perspective, uh, as you said. So, um, yeah, seize the day. Is that one of the other ones that we could throw in here to make it pithy? And uh, Yes. Bit of carpe diem. If you want to get Latin about the whole thing. Gosh. Uh, we're going to lose everybody. I'm going to, I'm going to have to Google how to spell Latin titles, Stu. Oh, that's, that's okay. I can, I can give you all of the spellings. I was, I was dragged through Latin at school. Don't you worry. All right. <laughs> okay. So am I, <laughs> let's move on. Cause I have funerals. Anyway, uh, you'll, you'll have me start throwing away some of my, uh, drinking titles already. You know, uh, my, my quantity that I can have by, uh, lunchtime today. Though I got to admit my, my tool of the week, clarity. It's one of those things that the lack of made my week very unproductive yesterday, particularly. And yesterday I was very seriously contemplating hitting my drinks cabinet before 1030, uh, encouraged actually by my wife. Uh, I took a break and went upstairs and had a little bit of a snack and a rant, uh, because I was just so frustrated. Um, I was getting obtuse answers. I was getting unclear questions. I was getting incomplete information. And this is one of the few downsides of working remote. Uh, it was like pulling teeth yesterday. Um, what I sort of had figured is some people in one of my organizations had well, screwed some stuff up as one does. And I was trying to find out what the implications of it were, what actually happened so that we don't do it again. And more importantly, looking at what else, if we've made this here, what else has fallen through the cracks and people were, let's call it uh, hiding errors by obfuscating the truth uh -huh. and giving uh, side answers or answers that weren't really asking the, you know, answering the question that was asked. Sure. And boy, oh boy, was it frustrating when you can't walk down a hallway and just look somebody in the eyes and say, look, just tell me what happened and what else is uh, having this same problem. It was crazy. It was weird. And it was it frustrating. So mm. uh, if it, if it wasn't a five hour drive to get into the office, to look somebody in the eyes, I might've even made it yesterday. That's how frustrated I was. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was thinking about this in terms of looking at my own correspondence on this, because, you know, we, we tend to use Slack in the organization. So it was Slack messages and it was like, could I have been even more clear, um, 
And, and that was a bit of a challenge for me and something that I thought of in terms of how can I be more clear, maybe be less threatening. I was certainly trying to do a, a job of saying, you know, here's a problem. I don't care what happened. I'm just trying to find out what happened mm -hmm. uh, so that we could see what else this goes to. I'm not looking for blame, but people, you know, they stuck their head in the sand and I think I need to be more clear. And I think that it's something that we all have to do to be productive, particularly for those of us that are still working remotely. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah, no, definitely it is. I remember, um, I mean, we weren't, it wasn't remote working that was the issue, but, uh, in, in my company, we had, um, myself and my co-founder, my co-founder, uh, James, very aristocratic Englishman. Um, and I, I, either intentionally or not, I don't know, but unwittingly, perhaps very intimidating and, uh, nobody wanted to get the wrong side of James. Nobody wanted to feel his wrath. Um, and so as a consequence the sort of culture of the company was that, um, he could never find anything out. <laughs> he would never know because everybody would close ranks, um, and, and not want to tell him because they were scared of him. Mm. And so, um, we introduced a thing into the company. I, I, cause I, I tussled with this. I was, you know, how, how can we, can we sort of balance that culture a little bit because we do need to know when things are going wrong particularly you know we were working with money so um i i i came up with something and it was it was i had it actually put on uh, on the wall in the office in my office which was um uh a less specifically informed otherwise everything that goes wrong is stuart's fault <laughs> and i would i would i would get people in and just say look what's happened why look at that okay this is my problem. If something has gone wrong, I'm the group operations director. God for short, I've clearly got it wrong. So tell me what I've got wrong so that we can then work out how to fix it. But you're right. People's natural instinct is just to try and hide away and just pretend it didn't happen. And if it did, well, it must have just been blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's so difficult to get people to open up. And it's, it's a real challenge. I, I feel your pain as I remember myself. <laughs> sitting with people i'm going look i used to do your job i used to do your job for years uh, i'm 90 percent certain i know what's happened here and i'm 100 percent certain that you're lying to me stop lying tell me what happened and we'll sort it out we'll fix it together and you can see them doing the calculation does he mean it is, is he just gonna fire me at the end of it? no i'm not i just will solve the problem oh I feel you. I feel for you, Justin. I'm sure you'll get there in the end, though. Try not to hit anybody. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're not in that corporate day to day at the moment, Stu? Oh, occasionally I blunder into it by accident and very quickly back out again. It's just, I'm sorry. This is no, you, no, Stuart, what's your input? Really? You don't want my input. I'm just going to be over there. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Um, because, yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure I have the patience for it anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. I, I don't know how many sentences I, you know, especially when the frustration level builds up when you're, um, not getting, you, you know, you're been, uh, lied, I hate to say the word lied to, but you're not flanneled. Yeah. You're, you're not getting sort of the answers that you want. And you know, the number of, of, of times that I kind of had to, I, I drafted something up and then no, delete, 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 delete. Let's go for 
I'll walk around the office and into the next room and, you know, go fill up my coffee cup or my water jug. And uh, yeah, it was uh, anyway, <laughs> frustration. So clarity is really important. And speaking of clarity, what are you using for your pen and ink of the week? Because that was the worst segue ever. <laughs> I thought it was lovely. Oh, come on. This is worse than a podcast ad introduction. <laughs> this is like so over the top of that. All right. I, oh. I think away, they're going to take away my podcasting license after that one. <laughs> well, I could do worse. Hello, sailor. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about the sailor today. I've got my ProGit Slim, uh, which is the Sapporo, um, which is filled with Sailor Shikiori ink, which is a sort of light green. I had that going last week. Um, I've I used up my um, Platinum uh, the Century, so that's now been... Well, it's, it's actually sitting in some water at the moment, soaking. Uh, and therefore, I got out another sailor. I got out the, the Pro Gear Regular. Mm, very nice. Filled it up with Diamond Blue Black, so it's my my formal and official pen. Uh, and yeah, I'm living a sailor life and loving it. What about you? What are you using this week? I've got two pens again this week, uh, just because I ran out of ink in one of the other ones. And I wanted to add another blue into my daily rotation. That's crazy. So I'm, I pulled out the Diplomat Arrow, which I filled with a Pelican Edelstein Mandarin color. I think it is. It's a, it's an orange color. I like to have different colors. I like to have something bright, you know, in that orangey red color scheme so that when I'm writing notes to myself, I can sort of self-edit and make notations for follow-up and things like that. So I always have at least two colors going. And I ran out of the ink, which did really well. I didn't get any crusties considering it was an orange. Loved it. And then the Visconti Bronze Age came back into rotation again. I love the extra fine Arctic nib on that. And filled that with my go-to, the Mont Blanc midnight blue which is a blue black and has become my go-to ink i love have that ink i love how my writing looks in it i love how professional it looks uh, it's it's boring i know in terms of all the inks i've got it's probably the least boring one but it's absolutely fantastic to write with makes a great daily writer and that's what i'm using it as oh and i thought i'd throw something else in I'm back Ooh. to a daily field notes. There you All go. Right. And I'm loving it. Pocket notebook time. Yeah. So I am, uh, we've talked about my ongoing fun with keeping track of uh, what I eat and all the rest of that. Sure. And one of the things that I'm doing is just logging in my field notes every day, everything that I eat, uh, mostly so I can be accountable to the doctor and all the rest of that. I have my over 50s medical exam coming up next week, Stu. Oh, so if I'm talking in a different voice, we'll know why. <laughs> and so what what field note are you in? I mean, if we're going to get down the field note, oh, then we're going to have to get down the field note. Oh. Well, it's, it's actually an older one. It's one that I had lying around. It's the, I can't remember what it's called, the uh, Snowflake version. Okay. The one that they did a few years ago where everyone is unique. Uh, my wife even has a... Uh, some limited edition expensive one that I should have kept sealed and uh, broke apart. And uh, I can't remember exactly which one it was. It wasn't a 
standard edition. It was one of those collaboration ones. Uh, oh, okay. Underland she, or a death or no, something. No, it's, it's an older one. I, I haven't been buying field notes and black wings have kind of fallen off my regular buying, mostly because I'm not using a whole heck of a lot of them. And honestly, I, I haven't, I haven't been feeling the new releases. Let's put it that way. So I pulled out whatever was in my bag of here's, here's all my loose ones ready to use, uh, and gave her one and she's doing something similar for her as well. Um, you know, we're, uh, coming out of COVID and, you know, the last year, uh, neither one of us have necessarily been worried about, uh, what we're eating. We're, you know, just getting through, you know, the day. And, uh, now both of us are kind of looking at our skinny pants and saying, Oh, maybe <laughs> I can see you. Um, I, I think I might be far away from some of those, but uh, the idea is there at least. And field notes, uh, oh. I've got a use for them. I'm excited about them. I've, I miss those little things. I'm using those with my little Kaveco uh, sport that I bought a couple of weeks ago. Yep. I'm just really, really enjoying it. I've got it lying around. It fits into a pocket. All the stuff that a field note should be and was when we went out of the house. Yeah, indeed. It's very nice. Well, I'd, you'll be excited to hear, although you're probably not plugged into this anymore, that they've just released their, their new one too. The uh, Summer 22 has just been released. It's The Great Lakes. I saw that. It looks very pretty, actually. Yeah, well, um, uh, they're on their way to, to Nero's uh, as we speak. I sort of... Um, Sometimes they give me a couple of days pre-warning, uh, and sometimes they don't. And we've we've had personnel changes recently at Field Notes, so I don't get any warning there. So I have to order on release day and then pay uh, FedEx an absolute king's ransom to get them to the UK as quick as possible. Um, but yeah, they they look really cool. Um, and what I really like is that subscribers are getting uh, six books, whereas us normal mortals are getting five. I like that. That's that's a good subscriber tempter, I think. Um, but yeah, they look really, really nice. Um, sort of, uh, well, the, the pen addict, uh, Brad is really into them. Mike isn't. Um, the guys over at Take Note, they, they seem quite taken. Um, so they're taking note? If <laughs> they're taking note at take note, particularly as uh, I think Adam actually lives in Chicago. So he just sort of swung around on release day and picked up a pack or two. Nice. Uh, which is a nice thing to be able to do. Uh, but yeah, um, mm, I, I, they look very educational. I think I'm going to learn something from them when I get hold of them. Yeah. they. I like the colorway on it. It's uh, a dark, a dark blue for the lakes, uh, the great lakes. Yep. And it, if you're a, a Blackwing collector, then th these are going to work beautifully with the old the, the Lake Tahoe edition that they did a few years back, which is a very similar blue. I love that edition. It uh, goes through it like it's butter because it's the super soft core, and yeah, you know you can't even look at it without having to resharpen it. But I love that pen. I love the tactile feeling of those ridges down it, and, and the color is just great. Yeah, I, I have some of the old coastal that Field Notes did, uh, which did the side to side. And I think yep. this is a nice complement to that. So a uh, good addition. I think it will be uh, a good one and uh, it'll tempt me. I, I certainly, I mean, I don't have anybody local. There are no pen shops anywhere within 
sort of a five-hour drive of me. So uh, it, it may be something that'll tempt me to throw it into a cart on the next next time I buy something online, as the case may be. Right. Well, uh, everybody, stand by your beds. I've got a dog circling. I, I've got a dog that takes himself out for a wolf. So uh, I'm just going to let him out. Stand by. There we are. Yes, he's, I'm watching him now. He's proceeding down the garden to go and do his stuff. Good lad. Good boy. All right. You're not carrying him outside? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, in fairness, um, I have a boy dog and a girl dog, and the girl dog is a little bit princess-esque and also has, um, I, I don't know how podcast appropriate this is, but she has the bladder capacity of an elephant. Mm. She, if if she doesn't want to go out, then she doesn't go out for like twenty hours, and she's fine. Whereas uh, Charlie, he's a proper boy, and yeah, the moment he opens his eyes, he needs to go. Um, after he's eaten, he needs to go. Once he's had a drink, he needs to go. So he's he was circling around me there. He even came up and, and poured me a couple of times to say, "No, I really need to go now, Dad." Uh, so he's, <laughs> poor Charlie. He's yeah, he's he's out there living his best life right now. Yeah, we. I, I was out with Coco. We still take Coco out into the backyard on a leash. Um, we were sitting outside the other night, and she was actually sitting on my lap on on the chairs in the garden. And we had a big hawk um, uh -huh. circling maybe thirty feet overhead, looking at the dog. <laughs> and so we're still super cautious. We've got uh, the big golden eagles that routinely circle the house looking for, well, we're right next to the orchard. So it's all the sure. mice and whatever else they can find and the other birds. But, uh, yeah, this one was directly overhead and you know, it's, it's one thing to see these at a distance, but when he's over the corner of your house, you just realize how big these, these big birds of prey are. And how vicious they look too. Yeah, yeah. I, and absolutely beautiful at the same time. But uh, yeah, wow. Uh, so we're we're a little more, I, I would still be out there walking Coco in a circle, watching her do her business because that's the life I lead, Stu. <laughs> life in the fast lane with just. Oh, and this is podcasting gold, isn't it? We've we've gone down the rabbit <laughs> hole of, of the peas and poops of dogs. Absolutely. I think we should probably move on and get to the, the main event, the topic for today, which is. Well, you brought this topic up a couple of weeks ago and you, you talked about digital weeding. And I had been thinking about the downsizing, digital downsizing. So we, we call it different things. Weirdly, Stu and I often seem to be in alignment and it's, it's usually completely independent. We read similar things. We do similar things. And when we talk, we kind of go, oh, weird. I'm doing the same thing, whether it's, you know, tracking alcohol or, you know, uh, working out or any of the stuff that we do. Uh, but both Stu and I have been digital weeding, which is looking at our online footprint, our online consumption and decluttering it. Uh, and this is something I went through in a way that I haven't done in a long time. And I sort of wanted to bring it up and talk to Stu about it. Now, digital weeding, um, not something that a content creator, a podcaster should ever admit to. 
please don't unsubscribe here. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, it, it is a reality and it's, it's a very freeing thing. And, and there's, I think a lot of factors on there. So I kind of went through some of the things that have changed for me. And then I wanted to talk to Stu. Actually, you know what? Let's talk to Stu. What, what are you doing, Stu? What, what set you off? And then we're going to sort of what changed for me and why I'm doing it. Um, I suppose the thing I was just writing up, the thing that prompted it for me was, um, I have an RSS reader. So I use one called unread where, um, whenever a blog post pops up on sites that I wish to follow, um, it pops up in my little reader. Um, and it's one of the few things that I allow to have one of those little digital indicators, um, you know, a little count. Uh, to, to show me what's there. But like all little counts, it had got to the point where it was becoming a bit of a tyrant and it was bothering me. I would look at it and go, oh, there's 25 articles I need to read. Um, and so I thought, okay, rather than just turn the count off, which is one way of dealing with that, um, I'm just going to have a look at these articles and go, which ones are ones that I am genuinely going to read? And I eliminated the duplication. So I was following, uh, the same people who send me newsletters. So, you know, I would get the article in my RSS reader. I would have the article in my email feed and quite often I would be listening to the podcast by the same creator. And I went, okay, let's, let's pick and choose here. Let's have one medium, which this comes to me in. Uh, so that allowed me to start cutting that down and it's, it's one of those things I think that just, just grows as you start doing it, you, you begin to get reward from it. You think, okay, yeah, this is good. This is actually saving me time. It means that things that pop up are things that I will be interested in. And the other big one that I have is I now use, Hey, email, mm. uh, which we've both sort of, you know, sort of popped in and out of once or twice. Um, and they have a function where you can ascribe all incoming email can be ascribed to three places. It can either come to your inbox or it can go to another folder called the feed or a third called the paper trail. Now the idea being the paper trail will be for receipts, financial transactions, that type of thing. The feed is your newsletters for want of a better phrase. And the inbox is, you know, email that's specific to you is personal to you. And it's a way of prioritizing. So, uh, when you open the app, you see your inbox, but if you want to see the feed or the paper trail, you have to do something, you have to act. And I love that, that, uh, the feed becomes, um, a bit like a Twitter scroll. So you just have a, a never ending line of mails. And the trick is not to regard these as things you must read, but you get a little preview and you just go, Should I, am I interested? No, I'm not interested. I'm just going to keep scrolling and keep scrolling. Oh, I'll read this one. Not. So it has lessened my uh, reading because I I can be a completionist. Um, but it just, it's very liberating to look, oh, Jason Snell has written about uh, um, old Max. I have no interest in old Max. I'm not going to read this article. Um, Brad Dowdy has written about a rollerball. Oh, that sounds quite interesting. I might read it. So it, I found that has freed up time because I was, 
I was forever guilty about not reading people's newsletters, you know, su subscribing to them, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm interested in this. And then, oh, no, I've got 26 to read. Having this sort of scroll thing where they just gradually fade away somehow for me works. Um, I don't feel as guilty as I did. Hmm, interesting. But we get to it a little bit differently. For me, I kind of looked at this, um, why I started this, I guess. Uh, we build up voices over time, whether that's newsletters, RS feeds, podcasts, social channels, people we follow, and they just accumulate. You kind of get interested in something, you follow something, you subscribe to something, you buy something, and geez, you've got emails galore for the next 30 years. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's all noise. And sometimes the signal to noise ratio just gets too high and it certainly becomes a distraction, which is, I think what you're, you're feeling as well with your RSS mm. particularly. The other thing I found is that some of my interests change over time. You know, things that I was looking at here were great and interesting. And then, you know, my time, my interests have changed a little bit. Um, also some of the brands, people views change. You know, so some people that I followed are now heavily into crypto and I have, well, I, I, I'm too much of a financial guy to uh, get involved in that apart from gambling. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just not interested in the crypto bro type uh, mentality. So the, the message from brands can change. And if that happens, does that brand still resonate with you? Is it something mm. that you want to do to listen to is it somebody that you you know if you if you argue with them about something in your mind is that the influence that you want to be reading so i i kind of looked at it that periodic weeding can help me avoid burnout and and make the consumption experience much more pleasant uh, my my trigger on this one was actually uh, someone who i followed a lot of their content I did something I disagreed with me and it was, it was a big thing. It was sort of a fundamental thing. And I, I looked at it and, you know, I don't want to get into politics and all the rest of that, but what I did was I looked at that and said, okay, here's a person whose views are in my content. And I now have devalued the opinions of this person. And so I looked at it and said, well, I'm just going to cut that out. I'm going to get rid of that content in most of the places because I just disagree in principle with something that this, this person uh, stood for. And, you know, there's a lot of politics going around right now. I'm sure a lot of people can sort of relate to this kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I started on this process and I found how liberating it was. And boy, it went from podcasts to Social channel follows, you know, particularly Twitter. Why am I following this person? Um, one of the things I've been really conscious of social media topics follows. Mm. So I, this is, I'll give you my experience with Instagram on this one and, uh, Instagram, there are a few bands that, well, there are, there are old people bands that Stu and I were listening to back in the eighties. And they're out touring, you know, they need another retirement bump after uh, COVID had uh, stopped them from producing anything for the last couple of years. So they're touring uh, and I followed them. And what I found was 
the amount of suggestions for other 80s bands that are active on social media, because I followed three or four different artists, was swamping me. And I just started unsubscribing and, you know, I, I want to see what these people do, but I don't want all the cruft from the algorithms. Yep. And so I've just been pairing it back and pairing it back. Twitter has the same type of things, you know, the, uh, this is promoted because somebody liked it and stuff like that. And it's just like, I want to see what these people say, but I don't want all the cruft that goes along with it. So I've, I've been really looking at pairing stuff back, um, email lists. I've already done a pretty good job of that, but certainly I've, I've kind of done some stew like, uh, unsubscribing here. Uh, but I wanted to ask Stu mm. unfollowing, unfriending, yep. do you ever get any guilt for that? Like, oh, well, this person might follow me or, you know, uh, what are they going to think about what I do? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think instinctively the the channels are designed to make you feel that way. Certainly, I have um, on Twitter. I'm forever reading posts from people saying, um, "Yeah, I I I really don't appreciate people that follow me then unfollow me just because they're trying to get an extra follow." And I'm like, "Whoa, don't. here's here's a trick, people. Stop looking at how many people follow you." It doesn't matter. It really doesn't make any difference. Um, and I think, you know, I, I rationalize it. And if people do notice, um, most of them don't say anything. Um, but those that do, I just say, look, I'm just trying to manage the, the fire hose. I'm just trying to reduce some of the stuff that's coming at me. It's nothing personal, you know? Um, and with Twitter and things, I think it's easier because I can add people to lists. So I have, um, I don't follow topics, uh, as you were just talking about on Instagram for the exact re same reasons you were saying. Um, but on Twitter, I have lists, so I will have a, a list called golf that I can go in and, and get sort of drowned in golfy type tweets, uh, without that being on my main, he said, doing the little quote marks, uh, feed. So yeah, I, I think you just have to be reasonably robust about it. Um. I, I know what you mean. I mean, there are certain uh, podcasts, for example, that I used to support that I no longer support financially. And I felt really guilty about withdrawing my support because it felt like, well, you know, but, but actually the, the podcasts in, in question are doing fine. You know, <laughs> there's plenty of revenue going in and it's just, you know, my priorities have changed, as you say, that perhaps not quite fitting and aligning with, with what I'm doing with my time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you just have to, to go ahead and do it and, um, you know, it doesn't mean, I, it doesn't mean I don't love people anymore. It just means that it's, that's not the right, uh, time for me to be giving them cash or, or, or my attention, which ultimately is probably worth as much as the, as the cash. Yeah. Those three ads you get every episode, you know, you're, you're keeping them in brand new Mac airs that, uh, they've all just bought. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, as you say, I mean, it becomes this type of exercise you, I, certainly for me, I, I get into it. I think, okay, podcasts, um, because it's summer here and because when I walk now, I don't listen to podcasts, which is kind of a change. Um, so I'm trying to be more sort of in the moment and aware of my surroundings. I have less time to listen to podcasts other than when I'm working in my office. And when I'm working in my office, I kind of need to be working in my office or 
listening to a podcast. Doing both is slightly self-defeating, I think. So, you know, I was asking myself very, very honestly, am I actually listening to that podcast or is that one that just gets put on and I ignore it while I'm, you know, diving into a spreadsheet? Mm-hmm. And uh, as a consequence, I've, you know, I've cut out a few. And I think also there's, um, I, I mentioned this in my note, it did make me think, um, obviously I'm a podcast consumer uh, and to a certain extent a podcast creator. and. I've been thinking, well, the things that some people that I'm listening to are doing are beginning to annoy me. I, am I annoying people that listen to me? Um, it all gets very meta at this point, doesn't it? But um, I've, I kind of detect a degree of self-indulgence in some podcasters that I listen to where... Um, I, I, th- I think it's this whole show's about self-indulgence. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, I think particularly if you're, you know, if you're, if you're selling ads or you're, um, you know, selling memberships, that type of thing, uh, you, you are entering into a contract with, with the listener. And I, I kind of feel a bit taken for granted by some of the, some of the podcasts I listen to. And I, I'm not sure whether that's just me being a bit, sort of stale and bored or whether actually there is, you know, some sort of evolution going on in the particular sector that you and I sort of overlap in. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it, it's made me think, hang on, you know, I need to, um, ensure that you and I were very keen. Yeah. You specifically that, you know, listeners should be able to take something away from every show that we do. Um, not something world changing, but something useful. And, uh, I'm just aware that some of the podcasts I listen to appear to have forgotten that and become very much self-obsessed and interesting in their own ongoing jokes and, you know, fair play to them and, and all power to their elbow. But for me, I thought, you know what, I'm not sure I'm here for that anymore. And voting with my feet as it were. You know, the funny part, we, you know, when we talk about these things and I was on the intro saying you and I do things that we don't talk about before the show and we kind of go, ha, what are we doing? So I have another podcast uh, that is related to a hobby that I do. And it's, it's been a bit of a challenge lately. Uh, You know, the other uh, co-host that I have is going through some stuff. He's particularly busy. So I, I just looked at it and went through the mental exercise, perhaps going through all of this stuff that we're, we're doing in ourselves of looking at where does all this content provide value in our lives. Uh, but I actually have a Patreon for that and I pause the Patreon for July. Likely we'll do that for August as well, because there is a contract and that puts pressure on you as a content creator. Sure. What I did was I paused it. There is no financial obligation. I don't feel like I have to put out a, a product Mm -hmm. for people that are investing their hard earned money to me. Uh, Part of the reason that we don't do anything like that on this show, we, this is Stu and I having a conversation and bouncing ideas off each other and, you know, learning from each other, which is, I think, hopefully what uh, you guys get out of this listening to us. But I, I, 
I changed that. I said, you know, if I can't put out the product that I would feel proud of, that I would want to listen to, then perhaps it isn't particularly, you know, worth putting it out, but it especially isn't worth taking somebody's hard-earned money for. And that has been a bit of a change with me. And I'm still sort of evaluating what that is going to be for me going forward. Um, it's a it's a very interesting situation. I've been doing that podcast for a number of years. And uh, mm. it, to, to certainly take part of that and a step back from it and really evaluate it very much through this lens of what value am I adding for the listeners and making sure that the listeners can get something out of the podcast. As, as Stu said, what we try to do here is make sure there's a takeaway, both for ourselves, for each other, and also for the listeners, uh, because I think it sort of ties things together for us. But yeah, it's, it's a really interesting thing that Stu's obviously been thinking about and I've sort of been thinking about at the same time. So, Sure. And I think, you know, if, if I can stretch the analogy to breaking point, the, the whole point of weeding is, uh, you know, in the garden is to, to give your, your plants the best chance of surviving and thriving. And one of the things I'm aware of is that I sort of made a reasoned and logical decision a long time ago that news as a category is best approached carefully. Um, we live in a, a sort of 24-7 news flow um, society. I mean, you can watch our TV 24-7, Twitter, uh, Facebook, you know, everywhere. Um, but that's the wrong way to look at news. I prefer uh, something like The Economist where, okay, it's weekly, but at least the journalist, the writer, I hope, has taken a few minutes to think about what he or she is writing rather than um, the sort of blurb that just gets fired at us by the news channels and stuff. I, th I think I'd noticed that I was becoming more dependent on that sort of instant nonstop news flow rather than taking the time to read The Economist. And I also um, take the, the, the HBR now because I think it helps with my studies. And <laughs> again, because it's, it's a slightly deeper level. It's, it's one ab abstract away from you know, what's happening on Love Island or which celebrity is doing what to which other celebrity or what politician has said, you know, which sure, I understand that's all news. It's just not stuff that's particularly important, I don't think. Whereas uh, the, the news underlying that, um, I do want to keep up. And so by weeding out, I'm creating the time and in fact, mandating the time to, to spend on those things that I do think are important, reading books, but also the magazines that, again, I pay money for. You know, <laughs> there can be nothing more wasteful than paying money for these things and not reading them. Oh come on! That stack of unread magazines on your coffee table—who doesn't love that? <laughs> well, I'm one of those weirdos. Just in, I'm, um, I, I buck the trend because I, I think we've mentioned this before. The Economist uh, sells more paper subscriptions than it does digital ones, um, and. They've, they've always been completely confounded by this because they assumed that everybody would go digital because it's so convenient. Um, but you can't leave your iPad with an Economist cover on the coffee table. 
And that's why people, people still subscribe to these things because they can, you know, casually leave them around. I, you know, I, I will admit that I used to do that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but no, I just digitally, um, read these things now. That's why I bought the little iPad mini because it's perfect for that. HBR is another good one to, uh, leave lying yep. around, uh, just because <laughs> it will start a conversation. Uh, you know, for yeah. those of us that, uh, you know, used to be in an office, uh, leave it on your corner of your office, look like you're reading something intelligent. <laughs> That's amazing what people do. Indeed. Uh, then, then somebody will want to borrow it. And I think it's like 20 bucks, uh, an, an addition. So you don't really want to lend it out. So, uh, what about apps? Are you weeding your apps at all? I, I am, I'm spending way too much time on this. I mean, it, it's, um, uh, you know, I think people probably know that I have a weakness for this type of thing, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking at where I'm spending my time. And so that includes where I'm spending my time, uh, on screens and what I'm not consuming, hopefully I'm creating. And so what apps do I use? And one that is just getting more and more distant, having been dragged into the, the corporate world and having to have, um, you know, one set of email addresses on, um, dare I say it out loud, Outlook, um, and, and being connected to, um, some, some evil, evil torture machine called teams. I've, um, I've started pushing back at that client now saying, yep, yep, yep. Got it. Yep. That's how everything runs. Absolutely. I understand, but I don't look at it. So if you want me to pay any attention, then best you just email me on this address. Um, and, and slowly, slowly, um, um, people's frustration will, will generally do this for you. So because they can't get hold of me, they eventually start reaching out on the channels that I will respond to them. Uh, and so I'm, I'm getting away from those type of things. I'm looking at, um, I think we, we touched on it last week, but around notes, um, that gets me into the whole subject of writing. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, how do you write things? Where do you write things? And I, I am, I have to say, going around in circles. I'm going to need your help on this because, um, so far, I, I think today alone, I've come up with three different systems. Um, I'm not quite sure which one I want. Um, and I, it's just, I really enjoy exploring how the most, the, the way that these tools can enhance my experience can help, but not get in the way. Um, you know, Outlook is is an example. Okay. Outlook has got so much craft on it. It's a distraction engine. Um, sure. It's fine for looking at your email, which is ultimately what it's supposed to be there for. Fine. It's, it's great at looking at your calendar, but it becomes one of those things that's open all the time and sucks people into it. Um, and I just, trying to sort of avoid all of those. So I'm looking at things like uh, craft. I'm looking at one called, um, note plan. There's another one called agenda, uh, obsidian, Ulysses, IA writer, draft, what Scrivener, um, <laughs> what sort of roles these play within my writing life, whether that be writing a tweet, uh, an SMS. Uh, a journal entry. Do I want to write that in a book? And all of those things I'm, I'm exploring and, and trying to make a reasoned decision rather than, Ooh, new shiny thing, <laughs> which I am prone to. 
I've got to admit, after last week's conversation, uh, I did download Craft. I opened it up. I looked at the very first page and went, oh, it's Notion. And didn't go any further. Uh, I keep getting the email. Speaking of uh, things that you subscribe to and the email chain will not leave you alone every couple of days. Hey, here's something it does, <laughs> uh, which I know is part of their onboarding process, but sure. I haven't had time to look at it. And yeah, yeah it's a little frustrating, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of got to do some digital weeding of stuff I use. I, I think the danger is that, you know, if it's, if it's not on my menu bar, I, I don't think about it. Mm -hmm. So my, my menu bar, and it's weird because context specific, it changes from computer to computer. So I have a work computer and then I have sort of a audio production computer as well. Sure. So the work computer at the end of my work day on a Friday closes down, gets unhooked and it sits there till Monday morning. And then everything else is done on my production computer because a lot of it's the same, but there's no work stuff on here. There's no audio stuff on my other computer and it's, it's just contextual computing for me, True, but it's, it's quite a process to make sure that only the things that I want to have on each one are showing. Um, and I'm sure there's a bunch of cruft in there that I probably at some point will have to look at. Um, I went to, we were talking about notes the other week. I opened notion just to remind myself what it looked like. And, oh, I have to sign in again because I guess I've not used it for so long that it had kicked me out and boy, was that a process finding my password. And, um, you know, it was one of those because it's an app, uh, one password doesn't always kick in, nor does your iCloud keychain. You actually have to open the app and look for it. Ooh. That was a real pain, Stu. Scary stuff. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I think uh, apps are a part of that. My phone is due for another reorganization. Uh, again, part of that is um, I've got healthy things on my phone, Stu. Things that uh, have become more important to me, such as my alcohol app. Um, my, my alcohol app that yells at me, not the one that tells me what to drink. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm looking at all those things. I, my, my rowing machine has an app. The Peloton has an app. It's like, oh God, I've got apps for everything, but they're all kind of spread out and I need to spend some time on there. I don't know. Next week is a vacation week for me. So maybe I'll, I'll get some time to declutter, unsubscribe, delete, digital weed, some of my apps as well. Hopefully. Definitely. Definitely. Good idea. All right, Stu, got any takeaways from this? Uh, yeah, I, I was sort of paraphrasing everybody, I think, from Cal Newport to uh, <laughs> to David Sparks. Uh, managing the deluge of data uh, is the biggest challenge to succeeding in the knowledge worker developed world. It's a very privileged place where we live, but uh, it is incredibly intimidating if you start actually thinking about how much stuff is flying at us demanding our time and attention managing that is the secret to happiness i think mm -hmm. yeah my my takeaway i think yours is really good my takeaway is it's always time for weeding weeding what i'm learning from my garden here is something that needs to be done on a weekly basis mm. i missed a I have a side of my house that I don't really look at unless I walk around it. 
there's no access to it. The only thing that it goes to is sort of a, a big, um, 10 foot wall that goes up to the road. So there's really nothing there and the back of my neighbor's uh, chicken coop. So I, I don't really go there. And I turned the corner the other day and realized that some of the weeds on there were about three feet tall. <laughs> they, they were trees. Sure. And I have to weed, I have to cut my grass and I have to weed every single week. If I don't, it just becomes unmanageable. And the workload is, is so much that, you know, it becomes overwhelming. And I think digital weeding is the same way. Yep. You need to be constantly vigilant on it. You know, if you buy something and now all of a sudden you start getting the emails from there, like craft, I downloaded the app. You need an account to set it, to sign in. All of a sudden I'm getting nothing but the emails. Mm -hmm. I need to look at that and say, are they adding value or not? And at what point do they stop? And do I want to get rid of them? Yes, I can hide them. I can put filters in. I don't use Hey like Stu does, so it's all automatic. But I, I have a series of filters to keep stuff like that out of my inbox so I don't have to see it until I want to. But still, taking some time to look at what's in those filters and get rid of them and weed them. Um, it's, always, it's always time to do that. So that would be my suggestion. Don't worry about doing it as a big thing. Take a couple of things as you see them every day, unsubscribe, get rid of it. Not this podcast though. Um, <laughs> and you know, always do a little bit of weeding. Yeah. Little and often is I think definitely the key to it. Where are people going to find you on the internet this week, Stu? What have you been up to? But nowhere. I shall be busy in my, in my sort of thought garden weeding. No, um, you can find me at stuartlannon.com or you can find me at neurosnotes.co.uk or on the Twitter machine at Stu Lennon. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Easiest place to find all my links is justintwyford.com. I've got links to my Twitter and Instagram up there. If you are interested in sending us an email claiming some of these free pens, please I've made the commitment to getting rid of some, and now they're still sitting here and bugging me. Uh, anyway, send me an email, and I will pass it on to Stu, stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. Uh, please take a moment to like and review us on your podcast, Catch Your Choice, and please spread the word. Just reach out to one person. Perhaps you've got a colleague that you think might appreciate what we say. Uh, pass, pass the show along. Maybe we can get some new listeners. Our next topic is going to be on budgeting. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us.